Hello, everybody. It's Jordan Stoltz. Welcome to another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Today is episode 463 of the show, where I'm talking about how I can diet on over 3,000 calories per day and still lose weight. You might not be able to diet on 3,000 calories per day, but you can diet on more calories than you currently can. I promise you that. And I'll talk about that today, how you can do that, the approaches that I take to be able to diet on a lot of calories. And uh, we'll kind of get into that because really the more you can eat in a weight loss plan, the easier it's going to be for you, the more sustainable it'll be for your life in different times, especially like holidays coming up. It's like, how are you going to be able to stick to a 1200 calorie diet? Well, the best way is to be able to lose fat on 1800 or 2000 or 3000 or you know whatever you think would be sustainable for you. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's show. Thank you for joining me, and we will get started. Um, yeah, let's get started with another show. This is episode 463 of the show, and in these shows, I like to kind of start out talking a little bit about my own training and my own nutrition to give you guys a little update. Um, we're kind of post-deload. I think maybe even the last the last um, podcast I did, I was in the middle of kind of a mini deload, about five days off of training completely. Now that's over. I'm about a week into training now and you know, experiencing some standard things you see after a deload. And by a deload, I mean a planned deload, or you could even be time off of the gym, a vacation, a trip, just some skip sessions. You'll see these things, so keep these in mind in your own journeys. The first one is that you will see a little bit lower volume needed to get an adequate stimulus, meaning like if I'm doing a chest workout, I don't need 12 sets of chest work to feel tired, pumped, sore in my chest. It might only take six or eight because I'm a little bit more untrained. That does adapt quick. You'll be back to it pretty soon. But you start with lower volumes and work up over the course of a few weeks. Deload, start at the low volumes, work up, deload, and it keeps going in cycles like that. That's what good training looks like. Also, you might notice more soreness, especially if you are um, under fueling a little bit. I think that, you know, like in a fat loss phase or something, if you take some time off of training and then jump in right away, you will get a little bit more sore than normal. If you're kind of adapted to squats, for instance, and then, you know, you get back into it and they might make you pretty sore. I definitely experienced this with straight leg deadlifts, which is something that always kind of gets me sore. But um, I actually did RDLs the other day and hamstrings got pretty sore from it just because I was pretty untrained. I only did two sets and got sore from two sets, which I can handle a good amount of volume and that still happened. So beware of that as well. You don't want to push beyond that limit, what would be considered the maximum amount you could recover from. And then you'll also really notice a positive thing, which is better workouts and even better uh, like stimulus for each set and rep and exercise you do. You might have gotten a little bit stale, like pre-deload or pre-vacation or pre-skipping sessions, whatever you want to call it. Things have might, might have gotten a little bit stale and dry in your training. 
a little time off does the body wonders. You're kind of itching to get back to the gym, which is a wonderful thing. And you're going to be mentally there. You're going to be physically there. Things are going to feel a little bit better and like they're working a little bit more. And that can go a long way in putting in more effort over time and also just getting good workouts, which I think adds to the results you get, especially. So I'm seeing all of that right now feeling great in training, definitely needed that time off to repair some aches and pains and, um, you know, kind of get back on track mentally as well. Right now I am in a fat loss phase, as you can probably tell from the title of this show. Calories are about at 3,300, 3,400 per day, losing about 0.7 to one pound per week on average. And that's kind of a slow fat loss phase for me. I typically like a more aggressive approach actually, Um, But that's kind of the approach I'm taking this time around slower for longer and just kind of like, you know, trying to prevent calories from dropping too low, uh, which is just my priority. There's not a right way to do it or wrong way. I'm just kind of prioritizing energy for training, good training sessions, social events, stuff like that, like birthday parties and town trips and whatever else we got on the schedule and also experimenting with it in regards to muscle retention, which I kind of think it's a toss up as far as like slow dieting versus fast dieting. On one hand, slow dieting may be better for muscle retention because you aren't dropping calories as low. That's kind of the approach I'm taking. But on the other hand, a fast diet might be better for muscle retention because your diet's over quicker, right? I'm going to be in a fat loss diet for, you know, three, four months straight. Whereas if I was trying to lose two, two and a half pounds a week, it might only be, you know, a month or two. So it kind of depends on what you want to do. And as always, I'm kind of always open to intuitive changes in my dieting and training. Like if something, if I feel like, Hey, I'm lean enough, I'm going to go for a gaining phase this fall or something like that. I'll always make those changes and Um, I'm not set on a specific timeline necessarily that I have to follow. I kind of more intuitively move in and out of phases as long as I give each one sufficient time to make change. That's what's going on with me. Um, I guess the other thing to mention today is the YouTube channel got a few videos up actually where, you know, when I started putting out these um, podcasts and filming them, the channel was literally at zero subscribers because I wanted to start a separate fitness place, a place to put uh, fitness stuff, which was the Stoltz Fit channel. We're up to like 65 subscribers now, so it's not a huge number compared to the podcast audience, but it's something, and the content is resonating, especially the home gym stuff. People seem to like that. So if you could do me a solid, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's Stoltz Fit, and uh, you can go check out there. There's some good shorts, a couple home gym tour type videos and then full workouts that I'm doing as well that you could follow along with or maybe just watch and get some helpful tips. So that's kind of what's going on there in terms of content and my own training and nutrition. Let's get into the quote of the day today, which is instead of saying I don't have time, say it's not my priority. That is more of a challenge than a quote, but just change your tune around why you are skipping your training sessions, your cardio tracking your macros, whatever it is, you very well might have a good reason to not have it be a priority. And I don't think fitness has to be your highest priority or even a high priority at all. As like a fitness coach, I'm perfectly fine with you caring way more about social life, hanging out with your kids, your job, 
golf on the weekends, whatever. I'm all right with that being more important than fitness and it taking a back seat. I just want you to be honest about why you're not seeing the progress you might be wanting, right? Because you can't have it all. You have to have priorities. And if fitness isn't a high priority, that's perfectly fine. But you do have to be honest with yourself. It's not that you don't have enough time. It's not your situation. It's not your genetics. It's not your age. It's that it's not as high as a, of a priority as it should be. If it is the highest priority, you will do whatever it takes to get it, which means sacrificing, skipping out on things, doing what you have to do, putting in hard work. Um, so I'm just trying to prevent you for doing, from making excuses. You have to work for what you want and you have to push yourself to get it. Um, so instead of saying, I don't have time or any other excuse you can think of, just say it's not my priority. It'll get in your head a little bit, keep you honest and help you kind of realize what is holding you back, which is almost always you and your effort. So let's talk about the topic today. Let me scroll down my notes really quick. Okay, we're going to talk about my diet history a little bit and how I can diet on 3,000 plus calories a day. Like I said at the beginning, my calories are about 3320 this week to be specific. They started the diet at about 3450, so we're down about 100, 120 calories or so. And um, I'll talk about how I can do that. To give you a basic diet history though, as far as number of calories I can eat to lose weight, Maybe about 10 years ago, I maintained my weight and, you know, I work for a macro tracking company. So like I know this data, which is a really nice reason to track. I knew I maintained my weight on about 2,600 calories per day, sometimes maybe 27 to really diet and see good weight loss. I definitely had to have calories around 2,200 or less. 2,000 to 2,250 was kind of like the go-to range for fat loss dieting and that was hard. You know, I'm six foot tall right now. I'm 200 pounds, but at that time I was probably about 175, 180. And, um, it was hard to stick to that. That's not that many calories when, you know, you're a young guy and, you know, you just want to, I don't know, see some progress. You just want to, you know, look a little bit better, but you're active, busy in school. It's really hard to stick to that. So I spun my wheels for a while trying to get lean, struggling to adhere at that low calorie point and, you know, just kind of spinning my wheels in that sense where like I would die for a little bit, fall off the wagon, try to gain some muscle, feel a little bit fluffy, try to diet, but the calories are too low. Keep repeating this cycle. It might sound pretty familiar to you. You might be in the same boat. So when I moved to Texas, kind of met some more fitness people, I guess, that obviously had a lot more muscle than me. And that kind of challenged me to want to really focus on gaining for a while. And instead of cutting all the time, worried about how clothes fit and everything, I really dedicated myself to gaining muscle in a slow and controlled way. So this isn't a dirty bulk I'm talking about. This is a slow and controlled surplus, but for a long time. So it's not jumping in and out of phases. It is a surplus for six plus months. And I actually went about 10 and a half months over maintenance calories. So over 3000 calories a day, focused on gaining some scale weight a little bit each week, not a lot, maybe a pound or two a month and did that for 10 and a half months 
straight without any kind of maintenance or deficit. And then finally dropped calories for a little bit. And since then, you know, most of my year has been focused on gaining as well. So that was in about 2019 that I did that. And the last three years, the majority of my time has been spent gaining as well. It hasn't been all gaining. There's been some cuts thrown in and maintenance phases and everything in between. But for the most part, it's been focused on how can I get stronger? How can I gain muscle and eating to support that? That has done wonders. Nothing has changed my body metabolism-wise, physique-wise, and how I feel more than that. Actually putting in a long, long time, ignoring the abs, ignoring how lean you are, ignoring the body fat, ignoring the scale, intelligently training in a surplus, putting on muscle for a long, long time has changed more than anything. Gaining muscle metabolism-wise is the most powerful thing you can do for your metabolism, in my opinion. Muscle is expensive. It takes more energy to maintain muscle than fat. So if you know there's a 200-pound person that's 40% body fat and a 200-pound person who's 20% body fat, the 20% body fat person can likely eat more calories because they have more lean mass to maintain. It's going to be more expensive. The metabolism also, I believe, and research probably shows, but it's a little unclear, but I certainly believe from my own experience with clients and myself that it adapts a little bit to the higher calories. And if you can put yourself in a high calorie environment, your metabolism will eventually kind of adapt to that and your weight will stagnate and maintain there. So just recently, I was on about 4,200 calories per day in this gaining phase that I'm talking about of a slow weight gain. Eventually, I didn't even gain weight on that and kind of maintained. And over time, I've slowly kind of wiggled up that number that I can maintain on. Partly it's gaining muscle because muscle is expensive, but partly it's also the metabolism adapting a little bit. What also has been happening, I think, is my calorie burn is more per day because as you gain muscle and get stronger, you actually burn more calories in your workouts, not because they're running around like cardio, but because one, you're heavier. So if you are moving, you are moving more weight. But then the second reason is that lifting more weight actually burns more energy, even if you are the exact same size and everything. So someone exactly my size that can deadlift 300 pounds is going to burn a lot fewer calories than me deadlifting 500 pounds. Just the weight alone is going to burn more energy, which is pretty cool. The stronger you get, the more calories your workouts burn and the more you need to refuel. So looking where I am on my notes here. I want to talk a little bit about steps as well. So step training and everything, very, very powerful thing in uh, me being able to eat more calories because moving more is like the ultimate thing you can do to change your metabolism. I talk about that a lot. The workouts themselves make a difference. The muscle is expensive, but really what makes a huge portion of metabolism probably the biggest besides genetics is how much you move throughout the day. And the best way to track and manipulate that is steps. Tracking my steps really changed the game for me. Getting tools like a walking treadmill, like an off-brand Fitbit, or um, like a walking pad for work at home, walking my dogs consistently, all that stuff made a big difference um, You know, to get 10, 12, 15,000 plus steps per day. That is a commitment it's not something you can just do for a week. 
it's like if you do want to eat more calories on diet, you have to be willing to move like that and stay moving and do a lot of stuff uh, throughout the day. So that was a big, big thing that I changed that made a huge difference. So I broke my whole thing here into five points I'm going to talk about today. Uh, the five things that you need to do to truly diet on more calories if that's your goal. That's kind of been my goal for a while now. I think it's been actually really exciting to see like, like wow, it takes me 4,000 plus calories to gain weight now instead of 3,000. Or I can be in maintenance with my weight not changing at all on now 3,500 calories instead of 2,600, right? That's a huge difference. Almost a 1,000 calorie increase from where I was 10 years ago. Here's the five things. Number one, gain more muscle. You'll gain some weight. That's okay. Spend dedicated time trying to gain muscle and getting stronger. Six plus months is my recommendation. If you are at even a reasonably healthy body fat percentage, meaning you're not super unhealthy with a really high body fat and need to be in a diet, if you're in between kind of caught in the middle spinning your wheels, take some time to gain. You will see a huge difference just by doing that. The second thing is to move a lot. And I mean a lot. If you truly want to diet on more calories, you need to be moving. Take 10,000 plus steps a day. Find an active hobby. For me, it's training. It's walking my dogs. It's golf. Those are the things that get me moving. Do some cardio, right? Start your morning with 45 minutes of, of incline treadmill walk. That's going to get you a lot of steps. It's going to burn a lot of energy. Hit the weights at least three times a week. You're going to be an active person now, right? You have to change your lifestyle to change how many diets you, how many calories you can diet on. That is really important. I think number three is something I haven't talked about yet, which is important too, which is to be okay with like a slightly higher body fat percentage not an unhealthy level of body fat, but definitely a little higher than what would be considered shredded or like very, very lean. For the past five years or so, I've really kind of stayed away from under 10% body fat or very lean levels. I've tried to keep body fat in a healthy range, like under 15 to 20% as a male and um, mostly under 15 or under you know that low teen range. Uh, but a lot of the time, not pushing things too low. Once you push things too low, everybody, even the people with the most roaring metabolisms will have to drop calories a lot. And I believe your metabolism does adapt a lot and that can definitely harm you. So instead, um, be okay with it, you know, settling a little bit higher. You might not be like, you know, photo shoot ready or anything, but to be really lean, healthy looking, and being able to eat more, I think that's a win. My other tip is to eat more carbs and protein. Protein is, just like muscle, expensive. It takes more energy to process protein, which means you can eat, if you're eating all protein or all fat and carbs, you could eat more calories from protein than just the person eating fat and carbs because it takes more calories uh, to burn off that protein and to, di to digest it and process it by the body. So that is a huge win. It also is helpful for muscle building and retention, which if you start losing muscle while you diet, you're toast as far as metabolism is concerned and gaining muscle is going to only improve. So that's really important too. carbs. I have kind of a theory about carbs because I have seen 
much better results as far as eating more in gaining, maintaining, or losing phases if I keep carbs higher as a percentage of total calories compared to fat. High fat approaches are fine if you like that, but I think they're not very optimal for the person who wants to accomplish this metabolism boosting effect. In my gaining phase, I was up to 700 grams plus of carbs per day, seeing just very slow weight gain, not a lot of body fat gain. That made a huge difference for me. I think that those carbs are sneaky, um, sneaky effective on actually um, helping you eat more and still lose weight. So even in your weight loss diet, don't just cut carbs because you feel like you have to. Cut fat you know, down to maybe 20% of your total calories. Hit your protein about 0.8 grams per pound of body weight or so, and the rest is carbs. Keep that as your kind of basic ratio, and you know, carbs um, will be really effective. You can reach out to me if you need help calculating those numbers for you. Uh, my email is always in the description of these podcasts. And the last thing is to commit for a long time to this process. You aren't going to be able to change a few things and eat a thousand calories more a day like me. This took me five years. This took me a long time, especially in the last three of dedicating to these other four pillars I talked about. So you have to be in it for the long haul on doing these things. You can't just do a short gaining phase buy a Fitbit and expect that you can eat more and still lose weight. This is going to take years to do, but once you do it, it almost feels effortless to, you know, if you like to eat, it feels effortless to lose weight or anything because you can make huge changes uh, with a lot of food, which is great. I think that things get a lot easier with experience and time. It's worth the time to put in. So my general recommendation for how you should approach this and phase this Get to a healthy place for body fat first. So you should be, you know, for a female under 30%, under 25 would be even better. For a male under 20, under 15 would be even better. And start there, gain for a long time. Focus on that gaining, spend a lot of time there, gaining strength and muscle, put in that work and you'll see huge metabolism benefits that will make dieting so much easier for you down the road. This is what I hope everybody gets to because it's such a game changer, a life changer even uh, for everybody that takes this approach. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Thank you for listening to today's show. I will sign off now. This was 463. Hopefully it was helpful. Again, be sure to check out the Stoltz Fit YouTube channel. Subscribe there and also um, you know, maybe drop a comment or something telling me you like the show and you're coming from the podcast. I will talk to you guys later. Till next time, peace.